Hey there, uh, Cave Company Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and um, I wrote in and uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only, you know, I lost my family, I lost my house. And um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. Fuck a dog. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Barks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. And Jackie, I wouldn't say damn near died this week, but you had a, a bit of a tumble. Yeah, I had a I had a bit of a of a rough time. I had a really intense weekend. I feel that I was doing a, was working on a project that stretched me artistically, mm-hmm. where I had to do a bunch of improvisation on camera which I don't do very often which was great and it was liberating and I felt really good while I was doing it but it was very stressful amid all of the other things that I was doing and come Monday I went to work came here I did page seven with Marcus Mm -hmm. he saw me and I was I was in rough shape (laughs) I would I would say sinking fast that's how I'd put it it's insane when you when you know people really well also you know we do it with Molly Neffel and afterwards Molly looked at me and she's like you're not looking good you were green you were looking real green and I I was like maybe I'm getting the flu I, I don't know what it is and my whole body was off I I felt like all day I was in a bubble and I was like watching myself be myself and I just felt terrible and it hurt everywhere and then I threw up after I did the podcast which I had had a beer it was and I wasn't even hung over I wasn't drinking all weekend it was it was only work it was very stressful and I afterwards was supposed to go and you know write some stuff for murder fest and I which I hate to do was like I'm sorry I'm not feeling good I have to go home and then next day I went to work and I was feeling even worse yesterday. And then last night I slept from like 7 p.m. until 10 a.m. today. That's insane. Which I, I'm i like a three, four hour a night kind of person. <laughs> yeah. You, you <laughs> Always. You live on less sleep than anyone I've ever known. Yeah. And, and I feel like I don't know if it has something to do with years of speed addiction that or or my anxiety that is laced with it that I feel that I don't need it and I'm fine without it. I can't I cannot believe. Uh, I can't, I don't see how you do it. And it's usually, you know, it's hard. It sucks, mm. but I always get through it and I'm always, you know, doing my shit and always doing my shit and I think that and today I woke up and I feel amazing. <laughs> I feel like the myself for the first time in a long time and I was talking to Marcus I'm like is this 
Was I suffering from exhaustion? Absolutely. Which in my head, <laughs> when someone says it's like, oh, I, you know, I've been sleeping, it's like, yeah, it fucks you up. But I was like physically in pain. That's like, absolutely it. I've I had could, the same thing. Have you had that before? Absolutely. Yeah. I was so scared. I thought I was getting the flu or something. But then I, when I woke up today and I felt fine, it must have been that. It's exactly what it is, especially when you say on the outside. Like look at like being on the outside and looking like you were watching yourself living your life. I've definitely had that because uh, I get you know I get definitely get exhaustion every once in a while. It definitely reminds me of like when I went I think like five days without sleeping uh, in college, like on a fucking Adderall bender, right. uh, just not sleeping, like not drinking or anything. Just like I'm gonna stay up for five days. I'm gonna right. fucking do I'm it. I'm gonna get shit done. Oh yeah, well I had a novel to write. <laughs> <laughs> oh those days. Oh, oh, those days. Uh, but that's exactly the feeling that I had is uh, just being on the outside uh, looking in. And I have I've had that uh, here, too, because I've, you know, there was here at the creek for a while, like the first four months that I worked here at the creek. I didn't have a day off for four months. I think I had one day off. Uh, oh. But it, and it wasn't like I was being made to work that much. That's just how much I fucking work. Especially when you're starting the uh, radio station. Yeah. You, know, and, you had work to do. And even that, uh, and you know, even then before that, you know, I was working at the Blue Stove with you uh, doing the dishwashing. I was doing the same thing where if I wasn't at the Blue Stove working, then I was here working, get, trying to get the station off of the ground. And I did that for, you know, at least like four or five months as well. So yeah, I went about, yeah, about eight months without taking any kind of day off. Uh, and by the end of it, I was like how you were the other day you know, or how you were yesterday is just fucking done absolutely done and burnout is a real thing and you are yeah if you don't fucking take care of yourself you are gonna be edging or going close to the edge of burnout to just fucking falling all the way off I guess it was also years of when you are addicted to something, when you can blame that. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, like when you would feel that after, you know, doing a bunch of blow for a week straight or mm-hmm. doing a bunch of Adderall or any kind of upper you can get into your body. It's like, oh, it's because of that. And I guess that's what was so scary for me was that I was like, I wasn't doing any uppers. I couldn't blame anything except for what I was putting onto myself. Mm-hmm. And that's also a scary feeling of feeling out of control. And I think that's what I've been feeling a lot of today, that sometimes it's scary that you can be out of control without substance abuse, mm-hmm. like oh. and just work yourself into that kind of frame of mind. And and I know that other people have gone through this before and that I, I guess I just never realized that it was a real thing. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, that it, you can really just do that to yourself. Yeah, and you have nothing to blame it on. And you can't even really, I mean, I I, I mean, I don't know if the word blame is, because you can't really blame it on yourself. I don't think blame is the right word when it's something that's within you that you really have no control over. Uh, I don't think blame is the right word. I, I think it's more just you have to, I guess responsibility is the word again, where it's like, okay, now this is something that this is a new part of my life that I have to keep an eye on. Uh, This is another responsibility that I have uh, to take care of myself. And hell, it may just be getting to the point where you can't fucking do what you've done for the last, you know, 10 years anymore. Yeah. And 
and I feel that a lot of people have felt that before, and it's hard to acknowledge your limits sometimes and acknowledge the fact that this is something that I can't do, which I know this is a physical thing, but a few weeks ago, Murderfist did a few sketches for a company. Like we had to, we were... We were asked to come in and write sketches. We got paid by this company to do this thing. And in one sketch, I did a shotgun of a beer. And then in the next sketch, I drank a whole 16-ounce Red Bull. Which in my head, as someone that has put my body through a lot of bullshit, I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I couldn't handle it. Yeah, I couldn't handle it. I like physically could not handle it. And I don't even think that it's getting older, which is what I thought immediately. I'm like, oh, I just can't do this shit anymore. It's like, no, you just shouldn't do that to your body. Yeah, you just shouldn't do that. And Whether I, you're fucking fifteen or ever twenty five, fuck. And that there are limits. And that afterwards, that you know, Murderfist was like. Why didn't you just put water in the red bowl? <laughs> Why did you do that? Because in my head, I'm like, because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But it's dumb. <laughs> you have to acknowledge the fact that your body has limits and that you that it's not weak mm-hmm. to not do something like that, to not put yourself through something like that. And the same with workflow. And the same, it's like you it's not weak to acknowledge the fact that you're not able to run on nothing. Yeah. And you know what, man? I had to admit to myself about, I would say a year, maybe actually about two years ago, I had to admit myself like, all right, I can't drink six, seven nights a week. Hell, I can't even drink five nights a week. Uh, I can't fucking stay up all the time, work on like three, four hours of sleep. I can't, I just can't fucking do it anymore. And hell, these days, I drink like, two maybe three times a week and you know man i'm fucking good with that my hangovers are awful now like hangovers are worse than they've ever been i fucking feel it my brain is scrambled the day after i've been drinking a hell of a whole lot uh and even getting wasted like i don't do that a whole lot anymore but yeah there just comes a point where you have that series of days uh when you just go like all right that's it like the, I'm listening. The, yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. I'm I'm listening. It's it's and you know, I think you know, people who just have our lifestyle and it's like you either listen or you die. Yeah. I really felt like I was going to die. Yeah. I feel bad because I know on page seven this week I was not at the top of my game. Oh. And I was trying and there was just nothing left. Yeah. And it's so scary when it's something that you love to do. And something that you feel so passionate about when there's when you're just scraping at the bottom of the barrel to do what you love to do, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just it felt like the worst. And I really I feel like I learned a lesson this week. <laughs> and I feel that everyone else it's like you gotta listen to yourself. Yeah. You I'm, have to. I mean, all you out there, I mean, whether it's uh, whether you're like us where you have, you know, let's I'd say a bit of a problem with substance abuse. Okay, no, yeah, a definite I mean, no, problem, a definite problem. A definite problem with substance abuse, yes. Uh, or if you're just working too much uh, or if you're stretching yourself too thin, listen to, listen to your body. And if you're getting to the point of exhaustion uh, where you're to the point, if what Jackie said about, uh, you know, looking outside of yourself If that rings true for you, I'd say look at your life and see what can be dropped. 
what is not absolutely necessary, what is uh, something that if you quit, then it's not going to be the end of the world. Look at what's best for you and make sure that you don't end up keeling over. You can't give 100% to a million things in your life. Mm -mm. It's just not possible. And I feel like, I, I guess that's what sometimes I think what's missing in my life without having speed because I felt like in those years... Anything was possible. I could fit anything into a day. I could get all of these things done and give my all to everything. But that's also just false. Yeah. It's, and the work is not yourself. Good either. Yeah. And, and yeah. you're not being yourself. And it's scary that it can just happen. You can just work yourself into that state. So just listen to yourself and acknowledge what's important in your life and the things that you don't need to do. You got to take a break sometimes, even if it's just a break. Yeah. Even just that night of not going to Murder Fist to write, I felt like a piece of shit for not going, <laughs> but you have to do it for yourself. Yeah. You really do, man. All right. Well, let's get to some letters for this week. And fuck, man, the a response that we got from our show last week is insane. We got so many fucking letters. So Thank many you. letters. Thank you. Thank it just you. makes me feel so yeah. <laughs> makes me feel like I'm not alone. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. I hope you guys do too. Yes, yeah, thank you for Darlene herself for writing in and uh and saying and telling us thank you for uh for helping her out with her problem. Fuck, you're welcome. Thank you for writing in. Uh thanks to uh, you know, we can't get to all the letters today, but then, like thank you to Christina uh for writing in and and so many other people that wrote in uh, great fucking things. But we're going to get to, we're going to read a couple of these because we had people write in with some uh, advice, both for us and for uh, for our girl, uh, Darlene. Uh, so let's uh, get into a few of those. And by the way, if you have any questions, you the listener, if you have any questions or uh, comments or uh, further advice for people, write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. And uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get to you as soon as we possibly can. Uh, but, yeah, this is a uh, follow-up last week. Of course, me and Jackie were talking. Jackie's getting into meditation. Um, I My fucking brain is uh, in the shitter right now. Uh, <laughs> it's a little better than it was uh, than it was last week. Uh, but, yeah, still still going through some shit. But we had some people write in uh, some great advice. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. What, what are we going to call this this first woman? Mmm, shiny. <laughs> so let's call her Shiny Cheryl. Okay, Shiny Cheryl. I like that. I like that too, Shiny Cheryl. Uh, it says, hi, Jackie and Marcus. Your podcast is great as always. Thank you. Just wanted to make some comments uh, about meditation. It's awesome. You found something that works for you, Jackie, and hooray for Marcus wanting to try it out. Just wanted to offer some tips since you're starting out. Start with short durations and build up. If all you can manage at the beginning is one minute, that's fine. Also, if you find sitting still problematic, then try a walking meditation. You can change your focus to your feet, how your weight shifts, etc., or stay with the standard of paying attention to your breath. I find a walking or mindful movement meditation helpful to center me before I go into a formal sitting meditation. You know, that's that's actually pretty cool, a walking meditation. My only... Um, my only concern with doing that here in New York City is that I will die. No, I mean, it depends <laughs> on where I will you're stop walking. paying attention and I will walk into oncoming traffic. It depends on where you're walking. You know, there are, the, what I do love about the city is that there are places to go for weird solidarity. Yeah, Prospect Park is, is great for it. Always. There are places that you can go to to find 
some kind of sanction. Yeah. And it's getting to be spring. It's supposed to be like fucking 50 degrees this week. So oh. we can finally go outside. Oh, my God. And just hang out and not have to huddle in, in tiny rooms around space heaters uh, and try to keep ourselves in some sort of semblance of sanity. This is also coming from Marcus that... If you've listened to other podcasts, we are in the small studio this week. Yes, we're in the hot coffin. Which looks like a coffin, and I understand it also brings about panic attacks. I have had two panic attacks so far. It is a very uh, small week. room. Uh, yeah, I have developed claustrophobia. I recorded in here for two fucking years. Two years with no problem. Uh, and then last summer, it just all built up and it got to be too much. And uh, I had a full-on panic attack. And if it wasn't for Jim Polk of the New York City Crime Report, who gave me a Klonopin, uh <laughs> I would not have made it through that day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I had a, a little tiny panic attack on Tuesday. Uh, and then I had another one, a little tiny one yesterday. Um, but I got through them. You know? It's only for a week. It's only hell. It's only for one more day for me. All right, that's it's, great. It's done on Friday, man. I've, yeah, it's only for one more day. So, yeah, almost almost there. Uh, but this meditation thing, I absolutely need. That would be one thing that could help me a hell of a lot uh, with that. Uh, and she says she continues. Uh, and full disclosure, I am not an expert. I took a mindfulness course 20 years ago, and while I did learn things from the course, the meditation didn't stick. A few years ago, I took a similar class for people suffering from chronic pain. By the way, the class had people in it suffering from physical pain, like back pain or headaches, or more emotional, psychological pain, like the kind that comes with anxiety. And while I know daily practice is the most beneficial, I'm trying to stay proud of myself that I'm averaging once a week. And lastly, there's so many different types of meditation, so if one isn't working for you, then there's always something else to try, kind of like finding the right meds, just with fewer side effects. Which, thank you. It, it, honestly, it's like, that's why also I think part of the exhaustion scared me is that I've been trying to listen to myself yeah. more. I, I've been really working on it. And it ha it's still helping me insanely. And especially reading that, I've been trying to do the walking one mm. in my neighborhood, which is not as scary as your neighborhood. So <laughs> I'm able to yeah. actually pay attention. I have to keep on my toes with razor sharp uh, fucking senses. In Come my out to Greenpoint and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I might. Like Greenpoint seems a little nice. But no, I, I'd, I'd, I definitely would. I love, uh, you know, as. You know, even though it is in Manhattan, I still love Central Park to death. Like, I yeah, I love going to Central. I can spend all day in Central Park. Uh, you know, pop into the Met for a little while and come back out again. And yeah, you can walk from one end of Central Park to the other. Stay away from the Bramble. That's where the homeless people uh, and the uh, cruisers hang out. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes they're both. <laughs> <laughs> I would say also like, if you and live pop in New out, York, they're like, "Hey, boy, want some dick?" And like, <laughs> No, no, thank you. No, sir. No, thank you. I'm just on my way to the carousel. If you live in New York, also up, up by Morningside Heights, there's a really nice park, Riverside Park, that goes and you can see New Jersey, which is not the best sight to see, but <laughs> it is usually just filled with nannies and the children of all of the nice places that live around 
it. Yeah. So it's a nice place to chill out. I love Riverside Park. Yeah. And, and I also like walking out to the uh, the docks uh, on uh, off of the West Side Highway. Those are also pretty cool. No so, matter where you live, I feel like you you can find a sanctuary. Yeah, you can find that place uh, where you can be by yourself and kind of zone out a little bit and not have to be on your toes and not have to be self-conscious uh, or anything like that because I think if I was walking through Greenpoint, I'd be self-conscious about it. I have to be definitely in a more solitary place uh, for something like that because I'm a very self-conscious person uh, and I need to uh, be alone a lot of the time. I understand. Time. You're not the only one. That's why I don't have a gym membership. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the next one, this is from uh, Squishy Sally. Uh, she I says, love her. I love her. She says, just a thought for Marcus. After you write your negative thoughts, burn it like you just said as I typed. It's also symbolic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says, she said, as you, after you write your negative thoughts, burn it, dot, 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 like you just said as I typed that. Uh, she said, it's also symbolic. Get it out of your head and fucking burn it and then try meditating while watching it burn. Watch the flames burn that negative shit away while you replace the negative with positive thoughts. I always have days where I mutter horrible shit about myself. Usually, I fucking hate myself and it just flies out. Writing helps focus your thoughts so that they are not a scattered, jumbled clusterfuck in your head. I've had many of my clients do this with positive results. Much love, Squishy Sally. And you know, and I have been writing more this week. Not a lot, but just a, a little, little bit. A little bit helps. Yeah. Every little bit helps. The same with what shiny Cheryl was just saying that like even if it's once a week just to take that time just a little bit of time get into your head be like hey what's up how am I doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm doing bad. I'm always doing bad. <laughs> bad. Why do you ask? You fucking idiot. That's another thing. Stop asking. <laughs> no, we got to try and turn it. We got, we're going to be positive. Gotta yeah. be positive. I actually came up with, with a like with a pretty positive thought, uh, thought this week. Uh, I mean, speaking of the self conscious thing, uh, I was uh, on the like I've been doing a lot more. Uh, instead, because uh, I al- I always read on the train, you know, partways because you know I'm a big reader and I love it, but also because uh, if I'm on the train, like reading, I don't really have to think. My thoughts are occupied. You know, I can concentrate on the book and I don't have to, you know, sit there with my thoughts. But lately, I've been trying more to just listen to music on the train and kind of let my mind wander and not be afraid of where my mind might go uh and it's great because my mind actually went to like a positive place uh the other day i think it was like wednesday or, or uh, yeah i think it well i think it was like last friday or something i was on the train listening to gogo bordello uh and uh, my mind just kind of starts wandering and i kind of come across start thinking about my self-consciousness uh and i realized is that like I, the first thought was you know you know, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. The most important thing is what you think of yourself, uh, because the self is truly the only thing that we own. It's the only thing that we have. But then, of course, not, you know, if you don't care what others think of you, you're going to end up being a bad person. Like, I think you're going to end up being kind of a piece of shit because if you don't care what others think of you, then you don't think about consequences and you don't think about... You're not empathetic. Exactly. You're not empathetic at all. So I kind of amended it to say, like, first of all, be a good person. After that, all that matters is what you think of yourself. 
So if you have that first part on it, be a good person, first of all. And, of course, there are a million different things that go into being a good person. We all have our own definitions of what a good person is, of course. Uh, But as far as what my definition is, you know, there's a million things that go into that, but that definitely simplifies it. Uh, And then after that, it's like all really – all that matters is what I think of myself, how I act, the things I – like uh, how I just am generally in the day-to-day. Yeah, all that really matters is what I think of me. I remember when I was going through my bad times, my good friend Jason Kephart, who lives with used to live with Holden McNeely and Ben Kissel. Jason Kephart, one of the true treasures of mankind. (laughs) Who moved away, and sometimes I still think I, I mean, I think about it always when I was through a really dark time. He's just like, you know what my religion is? Don't be an asshole. (laughs) That's my religion. Uh, That is the most Kephart thing. And that's why this guy's a true treasure, because he's just full of shit like that. And it's true, and it's like, you know, the number one thing, no matter what, don't be an asshole. Yeah. And it's true, and it's something I think about often, especially when dealing with rage and dealing with some of the dark places that my mind goes, where Project positivity. Yeah. And that's what matters most. Be a good person. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. And you'll slip. I slip. Everyone slips. Everybody slips. Yeah. We're all going to do some shit that we're not proud of, and we're all going to say some things that we don't really mean. Uh, But you can't, you know, I I can't let myself become obsessed with that. Like, I still think about shit that I said in, like, high school. Of course. Oh, God. Why did I say that? And everyone obsesses over that. I feel guilty about shit that I said when I was 17 that I apologized for and that the person forgave me for. But I still feel guilty about it to this day. And it's like, that's why you're a piece of shit. Um, But I got to get over that stuff. Everyone has to get over that stuff. That thing that you said or that thing that you did, you got to fucking get over it. I got to fucking get over that shit. That's just part of life. I can't move forward until I get over the shit that came before. And it's so hard because that stuff will always pop into your mind. Always. Remember that time when you were fucking bad? You were wrong? (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) And yeah, I think everyone goes through that. There's always going to be something that pops into your mind. Yeah. Randomly, for no fucking reason, and just makes you feel bad. You know what? You just have to conquer it. Yeah. Remember that you did it, acknowledge it, and don't do it again. Yeah. That's the best part about screwing up in life is that you learn from it and you don't do it again. Exactly. That is absolutely. Well, speaking of things that we shouldn't do anymore. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know like, our, where this is going, Marcus. <laughs> uh, our, our next letter uh, is actually, I mean, this guy, he, he's already got his own name. Rob from Brighton. He writes a, new, uh, a lot of cave comedy radio shows. You mean Eduardo the Champion? <laughs> <laughs> Eduardo the, the champion. champion. That's what I thought when I read this email. <laughs> I was like, this man's name should be Eduardo the Champion. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we also talked uh, last week uh, about uh, how much we smoke and uh, quitting smoking and all that. And I talked about e- the possibility of e-cigarettes. Here's what he had. Here's what we're up from Brighton had to say, or Eduardo the Champion, either one. Just wanted to drop you a line about e-cigs after hearing your latest show. I was a very heavy smoker for almost 20 years and have had complete sex with the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's 
I'll fuck a cigarette. <laughs> Let's take it again, ladies and gentlemen. I was a very heavy smoker for almost 20 years and have had complete success with the electric cigarette. Marcus's experience feeling muddy in the head and being unable to think clearly is very similar to what I went through when I first started. And as you sit on the show, it means you're getting way too much nicotine. I found the best ways to mix your own strength of liquid. I have a p- bottle of pure aqua- pure. Aqueous glycerine. That's a rough one. That's terrifying. <laughs> Am I all right to be scared of that? Or is that water? Because it's awesome water. Uh, with no nicotine in it and then a bottle of normal e-liquid. One drop of each into an empty bottle has the strength and then you could take it as far as you like from there. I've found my own level this way and when I'm ready to wean myself off completely, I can transition the lower nicotine levels gradually in the same way. I realize that I haven't given up anything and that this is only a temporary fix, but I'd rather be hooked on the e-cig than the real thing. I feel much more fit and healthy and have got rid of that awful tobacco smell in my house for good. It doesn't work for everyone. Many of my friends either hated the e-cig or didn't find it satisfying enough to replace tobacco completely. For me, I'm saving a ton of money and I can do a lot more as I'm not permanently out of breath. Just my two cents. Hope you find a way out of the prison soon. Best wishes, Rob from Brighton. You know, I've also looked into other e-cigarettes it's really scary because Rob from Brighton, I imagine, is not from here. No, so he's, he's that from England. That is from that, England. That would be England. That <laughs> I, I, I looked into getting a, a vapor cigarette. Mm-hmm. So it's like there there are ones that you can actually get that are there. There's no nicotine in it. It's just the actual movement of smoking a cigarette and it's only water vapor. Oh. However, you have to get a prescription for it. That's and doctors won't give it to you. When I asked my doctor, I just recently saw my first primary care because in the United States, health care fucking sucks. Yes, it does. And I finally am able to go see a primary care physician. And I asked about it. And they said only if you are ailing from a symptom of smoking cigarettes am I able to give you a prescription for it. That's stupid. How fucked is that? <laughs> How fucked up is that? I was like, there's no, I was, I'm saying that I want to, and he's like, there is no way I can give you a prescription for it unless, unless I'm dying of like emphysema or cancer of the lungs. Fuck. How fucked is that? <laughs> I I couldn't help myself because, of course, you know me. Everybody yeah. knows. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, so I have to be dying. Yeah. To get this. Yeah. And he said yes. That's fucked up. Isn't that? So maybe this solution, it sounds great. I don't know what that means, but I would be down to try and figure it out. I've looked into this stuff, and uh, there are a lot. Like, I bought this week, uh, I bought one of the blue cigarettes, which are, are fine and everything, and I've actually been using it. Uh, I've been using it while I'm at home. Uh, to take down on uh, smoking, and I bought a couple. Of, I don't know why. I was just like, I'm gonna buy a fucking pack of Parliament lights this week, which is what I used to smoke uh, when I used to smoke like a pack, pack and a half a day because they just fucking go. They are so fast to smoke, and they're so much fun to smoke, and they're great. Uh, they're so good. I get, but I can't <laughs> smoke them anymore because that's why I'm like, they're so good. I want to have one in my mouth all the time. Right. Uh, and so I um, was just smoking so fucking much. I went through like three, four packs in, I'd say, like three days. Uh, and then I switched back to American Spirits with the blue cigarette. And I uh, smoked yesterday. I think I only smoked 
seven cigarettes. That's great. Yeah, uh, only like seven. Uh, and I started feeling like a little bit better today. I've, I mean, I think I'm today. I think I'm up to like four or five already, and it's only six o'clock. Uh, but still, not that bad. I think every today, day is a new day. We every have day to is a new day. <laughs> and today, I'm I'm getting off work early today, so I'm going to Manhattan. I know there's this place in Soho that like specializes in e-cigarettes because I have looked online and tried to figure this shit like the stuff like a bottle of pure aqueous glycerine and then a blah 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 blah. And it's just like I have no fucking clue what's going on there. Uh, so I'm going to go into the city and ask someone, it's like, all right, I smoke this much. I smoke this kind of cigarette. What do you got? What should I get? Uh, so I'm going to go from there. I'm going to try to start today uh, and not, I mean, not like quit today or anything like that, but start the process. Hell right? yeah. it, it's time because I'm starting to, like, I'm actually getting pains in my lungs. Uh, I can feel pain in like spots. On but my Eduardo, lungs. though, I really appreciate Thank you so you much, writing any support. I feel like, oh. you know, we talk to each other. We're talking to all you guys. We all need support. Yeah. In any kind of fashion, in in any way, just remembering that other people like you are out there. Mm-hmm. And it it helps so much. You know, it I, just helps so much. <laughs> you know, I don't think I would have made the decision to go today if not for this email. I really don't think I would have. I probably would have forgotten about it and just kept smoking cigarettes because I got, you know, because we got this email and because we talked about it on the show. Now I'm like, all right, yeah. Now you have to. Now I have to. This is a fucking, this is a, yeah, now I absolutely have to I'm do proud it. of you. Thank you. Because last time I quit smoking, I announced it on the show and I was back on the wagon in two weeks. That's what happened to me, so... <laughs> I just wish there were consequences. Yeah, you know? just some want, sort of, yeah. I need more, you know, my parents still think I quit smoking from the last time I quit smoking. So it's great whenever I go home because I can't smoke mm-hmm. in front of them. But, um, you know, I hate someone being proud of me for something I'm not actually doing. Yeah, that is not good. That it's, don't feel It good. hurts. Every time I'm smoking a cigarette when I'm talking to my mother on the phone, she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know she knows I'm smoking, but I know that she also is not going to be like, are you smoking? Yeah. Because that's not going to, that doesn't stop it. No. Someone pestering you to stop smoking doesn't make you stop smoking. It is an insanely addictive substance. (laughs) And in fact, talking about it makes you want cigarettes more. I want one right now. Yeah, but I, it's I'm, I'm kind of like I'm kind of dreaming about. I'm already dreaming about the cigarette we're gonna have after the show. We are addicted. <laughs> we have an addiction so problem. Bad. We have such a horrible addiction. Uh, but we're gonna fucking take care of it. And we're if gonna you get guys have it. any other way that helped you, anything hit get rid of this fucking terrible demon in your life, or if you're suffering from it yourself, just let us know. Yeah. Yeah, let us know, and we'll start a, our own little fucking support we'll start group. A, we'll start our own fucking club. <laughs> Let's all do it together. We need to do this. Yeah. We're killing ourselves. <laughs> Especially here in New York, we're killing our wallets. I just, yeah, definitely. I just feel like maybe online I just need to start, like, how many cigarettes I've smoked, how much weight I've gained. Start just <laughs> announcing it. Be like, this is how much I weigh. So everyone can judge me every week of how much I've gained. So maybe that will help me not gain any weight. Just public shame, yeah. which is disgusting. It's awful. That that's what I actually think would help me. That's a bad idea. Is people knowing how much I weigh. <laughs> that is a 
Horrible idea. I hide it well. Sabrowskis <laughs> are fat people. You would be very shocked to know how much I weigh. Jolly. Uh, you were jolly. You're jo- That's what it is. We're jolly. You're, you're jolly people. <laughs> All right. Ne- next up, another another. Th- this letter is fucking awesome. Uh, th- this one make made us feel so fucking good. Uh, what what are we gonna call this girl? What are we gonna call her? Hmm. Crazy Diamond. <laughs> Shine it on, you crazy diamond. Which I was, I almost tattooed on myself when I was in my low point. Oh, yeah. I was going to get it. That's the like, sort of thing you would have done during your low point. I was really close to it. I had the whole thing drawn up. I was going to get a whole arm tattoo that said, Shine on, you crazy diamond. That would have been like a whole sleeve. I'm Happy I didn't do it, but I think I would look really cool if I done it. <laughs> yeah, you'd look pretty cool, but <laughs> only for a while. Yeah, and then I would remember every time. You know when you get, get a tattoo and it just reminds you of the low times? Oh, yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> my uh, One of my tattoos, yeah, I consider it my Lubbock scar. There you go. I mean, I got all of my tattoos in Lubbock, but like two, I, I still like, I got all my uh, tattoos between 18 and uh and 20 uh so long before i should have uh and like two of my tattoos i still really love and i still really like but one of them is just like why why did i why did i get that it means nothing i just like the way it looked it's just stupid and i consider it to be like my scar from my time in lubbock and just all of the bad shit for some reason that's what it represents to me is just Lubbock, Texas. But also, I feel like when people have a tattoo that you're not exactly proud of, or where you were, where you were when you got that tattoo, you also also realize how much you've grown yeah. since you had that tattoo. No, 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 no. It's like I hate the way it looks, but I'm glad that I have it. Hell yeah. Yeah. It, it's it. It reminds me. It, it reminds me of a, or it tells me a lot of things. It's like, all right, how far I've come. Number two, think things through. there's a reason why you're not supposed to be drunk when you get the tattoo yes number three think about the future yeah yeah a lot of things a lot of things uh well let's uh, let's get to uh you crazy diamond crazy diamond Hi, my name is You Crazy Diamond, and I live in Albany, New York. I love all the Cave Comedy Podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. They all make my boring desk job way better and faster. So thank you. But recently, Sex and Other Human Activities has really helped me out a lot. I had heard you both talk about your experiences. I began to realize my reactions to things were off. I was taking things with... I was taking things way too personally and would cry or get extremely angry. So I realized I needed to do something. So my doc prescribed Zoloft and vitamin D. Because I'm in northern New York, I had a vitamin D deficiency. With both, I feel great. Thank you so much. Crazy Diamond. You know, when I read this... I started taking vitamin D. <laughs> I hit, honestly, as someone that is from Florida, mm-hmm. I forget, you know, when my mom makes comments about how terrible I look when she's looking at my pictures on Facebook, because I understand, you know, I'm an Italian girl. Mm-hmm. I'm normally an olive color, especially in Florida. I was always tan. I couldn't imagine you would look an olive. Yeah, I looked great. I looked healthy. <laughs> I looked like a normal human being because I would be out in the sun mm-hmm. all the time. And no matter what I did, I was always olive. I wasn't 
exercising or anything, but even smoking weed outside will get you tan if you're in Florida, <laughs> <laughs> which is primarily where I got it from. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I feel like the, I mean, I just started like two days ago, but I did go out and get vitamin D because I feel like that is part of the downside of long winter. Yeah. That is what is keeping us. It is, we we are not outside. We need the sun. That's true. And, you know, I know there's sads. I know it's the whole mm. bullshit with sads, which everybody has. I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think it, that it's a specific person that has sads. Yeah, of course. It's the winter. You're inside. It sucks. You yeah. want to be outside. But vitamin D, I think, is a great idea. If you're not in it and, and you know, you're longing for it and it is something that your body really needs. Mm-hmm. It's great. Like, I, I've never thought about it either. Uh, and in New York, I think we definitely get a little bit more sun than most people because we walk everywhere. I couldn't even imagine, like, in uh, other places where you just drive everywhere and you never, you never get out in the sun. Right. Unless you like, unless you're like in your car, uh, but you don't. Yeah, you usually don't get out in the sun at all, and it's got to be much worse uh, for them, and especially in northern New York, where you are not getting outside at all. Yeah, you're snowed in. Yeah, you're snowed in, and it's just. There's a guy he works here at the creek that's uh, that's from uh, upstate, and just the horror stories that he tells me, it's it sounds hellish. It sounds terrible. But I'm glad that you're taking care of yourself because. You're right. Reacting to things, like when you're overreacting to things, to everyday things every day, you got to talk to somebody. Yeah. You got to work it out. And hopefully Zoloft works for you, doesn't work for everybody. And, you know, take it as it goes. And if it's not working for you, remember to talk to your therapist about it. And don't just go off it. No. And just stay on top of it. Because if you just go off of it. Believe me, how many times Ugh. that I'm just like, I don't need this anymore, and I stop taking it, and then you you spiral. You're real fast. Very fast. Fairly, and, very fast. And as much as you think that it's not affecting you or it's not doing what you want it to do, it is affecting you, just not in the way that you want it to. Mm-hmm. So listen to yourself, and if it's after a few weeks it's not doing what you want it to do, talk to him. I wouldn't even say her. a few weeks, a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. It, right. it takes it. Yeah. It takes a little while for uh, for antidepressants to, to really kick in and for your body to kind of acclimate to them as well. Uh, so, yeah, give it a, give it a couple months. Antidepressant, antidepressants, I believe, are something that you need to show extreme patience with. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of people make is that they take them for like two weeks and for whatever reason, they just say, look, you know, just because of depression makes you doubt everything and you just go, fuck this. You know, I don't need these things. These things suck because a lot of times you feel the side effects before you feel the benefits, right. which is dumb. Uh, it sucks that that's how it works, uh, but you just have to get through it and you have to have patience because uh, I know, I mean, when I was in college, I took antidepressants. I think the first time they put me on antidepressants, I was like 19 uh, and I took them for two weeks and I was like, ah, fuck it. I don't need these. Like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't need any depressants. And then you spiral. Yeah. And then I spiraled, uh, and then I came back up again and then I went back down again. That's when the manic depression really started, uh, really started kicking off. Uh, and so, yeah, it was up, down, up, down, up, down. Uh, and 
you know, and then eventually uh, I got back on them again. And now, you know, I don't take any antidepressants uh, at all anymore. I took Zoloft for a long time. But, yeah, I don't take anything at all anymore, uh, which, you know, also tells you, you know, some people don't need it forever, which is what we've said many, many time and time again is that, you know, not everyone who takes antidepressants needs to be on them for the rest of their life. Uh, but some people do. Yeah, some but there's do. a lot of cocktails out there. Oh yeah, and so if it's not working for you, and after a few months, it's not something that you like, and it's not working for you, don't just jump off it. Remember to talk to your therapist, talk to your psychiatrist, and get a different one. Yes, and talk to him about your symptoms and what you don't like about it, because then they can help you find a different one. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's get to our last letter of the day. Says, hey, Marcus and Jackie, huge fan of all the CCR podcasts. This one tying with last podcast on the left, which was the first I started listening to. Thank you. The podcast always brightens my day, even if I listen to multiple episodes in a row. I finally caught up, which is why I decided to email. And not being affected by depressing topics might be from listening to the 911 calls episode more than once from like, Jesus Christ. More than yeah. once. <laughs> more than once. Fuck, man. I don't even <laughs> listen to those like more than once. That shit is a challenge for yeah. me. Yeah. And, but, yeah. Yeah, I, mm, man, my God, still, kudos that's for you. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> amazing. Uh, it's, um, all right, here it says, uh, uh, I, uh, you don't have to answer this question on the show, but we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but I would appreciate an answer or a suggestion. What, what name are we going to give this girl? Ooh, Winona, ride her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <That> is- <laughs> Let's go with it. Is that bad? No, Should it's I come great. Up with another one? It's great. I love it. Don't ride her. Winona, don't ride her. Don't ride her. Don't ride her. Okay, there we go. Winona, don't ride her. Don't ride her. <laughs> so first, just a little information about me. I'm a freshman in college. I attend South Alabama and currently on undecided for a major. I'm normally quiet but polite around people I don't know. For a shy person, I find it challenging making new friends. I feel lonely, which is unusual for me because I've never had a lot of friends. Maybe three to four people that I'd actually call friends. But in college, I have none since all the, my other friends went to different schools. It also seems like I don't click right with normal people. I've been called awkward before by a few of my friends. So to solve this issue, I thought if I got some social media apps, it could help me talk to people since it seemed like I get fr- anxious and freak out when just texting new people. After some searching, I found an app called Tinder. I don't know if y'all have heard of it, but the gist is that you click like or don't like on people's profiles. You can narrow it down to find people near you or who go to your school if it says so on their profile. Uh, yes, we are very familiar with Tinder. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. It says uh, if you both hit like on each other's profiles, then Tinder will match you and you can talk through the app. It scared I- me reading this email. <laughs> it scared me. Yeah, if any of you out there know, and, and I'll go ahead and say in advance that... Uh, this girl immediately sent a follow-up ad. It's like, oh, my God, I just found out what Tinder is. Um, but we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. It says, when I first got matched with someone, a guy, I almost threw my phone down. It took forever for me to just click on the message, only to see 
that he said, hey, now here's where the problem starts. I got matched with a guy who I instantly hit it off with. On my profile, there's a quote from Harry Potter that he recognized. I'm still a fan, though Marcus Spin and Henry always make fun of Harry Potter. Fuck I do them. Not, I love Harry Potter. I do not. I defend Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. You know. You know this, I Jackie. know this, and I <laughs> love fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm the same way. So, yeah, don't lump me in with those two mutants. No, no, they're mutants. <laughs> they're also, they were too fucking old to get into Harry Potter. Let's just fucking throw it out there. Henry wasn't. He's just an idiot. <laughs> but Ben, Ben's so old. He's so old. <laughs> <laughs> says, uh, all right. It says, but from his profile picture, it was a little difficult to see what he looked like. I mostly hit like because he goes to the same school as me. Now I'm starting to think he may like me. From our messages, he could be a guy that I would love to date. But we've been Snapchatting, and I feel terrible and such a horrid human being for saying this. But I don't think I could be attracted to him in the physical aspect. I feel shallow and dirty just thinking these thoughts i will say that most of the pics he sent is just of his face and his hand is in the way covering most of his mouth and chin is there any way for me to change these thoughts i hate to feel this way and i don't think there's a way to justify these thoughts thanks for being such wonderful funny and just fucking awesome people i hope both of you kick the nicotine addiction i know y'all have the willpower to do it both of you keep on keep being you and the podcast will always rock if you read this on the show, I look forward to hearing what my name will be. Winona Dunreiter. Dunreiter! Uh, also, I grew up a Christian Baptist to be specific, but Marcus, hail Satan. Yeah! <laughs> hail Satan. There's still a hail Satan sentiment on the show, I feel. <laughs> hail I Satan. Uh, we do uh, definitely share a pro-Satan stance with the last podcast on the left. Yes. Uh, please do know that. Note it. Note it. Note it. Uh, <laughs> okay. First of all, let's start with uh, Tinder. Because as uh, she said on uh, on uh, the follow-up, uh, she says... I Which just, is almost directly afterwards. 30 minutes after she yeah. sent us the first email and said, I just found out that Tinder is a dating app, and so now I'm having a panic attack. I don't want to date. I have college to focus on. Not a guy. I just wanted friends. How I break it to the guy I'm talking to that I just wanted to uh, find friends. I feel like such a dumbass. Thanks for your help. And a less enthusiastic. Hell Satan. <laughs> so don't don't feel like a dumbass. Don't no. feel don't feel dumb. Uh, here in New York City, we're very familiar with Tinder. Yeah, it's been all over the place. I had to have someone show it to me because it was like I hear these things. Yeah, and it came out. I mean, me and Jackie have both been in relationships long enough where Tinder became a thing. After uh, it's a, it's a very recent thing. Only in the last couple of years, it became a big thing. Actually, uh, yeah, I'd say like in the last two or three years. Um, Tinder, I would not even call it a dating app. Tinder is a fuck app. It's a fuck app, 100%. Yeah. I mean, the same way that as much as OkCupid okay is guised as a dating app, it's not. It's also a fuck app. Yeah, it's... Yeah, At it's, least for me. At least that's what <laughs> I use it for. <laughs> I I used it under, like, try, like thinking I was going to date, but it ended up just being all blowjobs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and... and and Cunnilingus, I return the favor. <laughs> yeah, good not to let people think that Marcus Parks does not return no, the favor. No, you're just like a Lannister. You always return your debts. Um, I don't feel like a dumbass for no, this. No, no, really, really don't. Because I'm sure it's not. In southern Alabama, I seriously doubt that it's one of those things that people are talking about a lot. And also... It shouldn't be. I mean, I'm down. You were looking for someone to fuck. Yeah, that is definitely your place. Look for somebody to fuck. Great. What I guess what I don't understand about Tinder is that if you want to fuck somebody just based on their looks, go to a bar. 
<laughs> buy somebody a beer. But you will find someone to fuck if you go to a bar and buy them a beer and talk to them. Uh, if and if they are down and you are down, you guys will fuck. If you're a girl, yes. If you're is a guy, no. Uh, if you're a guy, that is not how it goes at all. Why? It's so much more difficult for a guy to get laid at a bar because most girls don't go to a bar looking to get laid. Guys go to bars looking to get laid, but I don't think most girls go to bars looking to get laid. I guess it depends on how sad they are. <laughs> because I definitely have gone to one many bars looking to get laid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think. Yeah, I don't think most women go to bars looking to get laid. Uh, but and so for guys, it's it's much harder to take a girl home. And hell, I mean, I I used to have, I mean, I wouldn't say I've taken I've taken a few girls home from bars, uh, but I never took a girl home from a bar bar in like Lubbock. In New York City, it's a little easier uh, because people are a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In New York, people like to fuck in New York City. Don't you know? Don't don't fool yourself on that. It's definitely much easier to get laid here. Um, just because there's more people. Yeah, there's just so many people. So, I mean, chances are you'll find someone who wants to fuck. Yeah, if you're going to throw out an arrow, you're going to stick it in somebody's <laughs> vagina. Uh, but, I would say with this guy, if you're getting along with him, though, I think if you just tell him you didn't realize what Tinder was, yeah. that he'd probably find it endearing and he might just get a friend out of it. Yeah. Because I think that it actually is endearing to be like, you know what? I didn't know what this is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am not looking to fuck. But if you want to hang out and grab coffee, I would totally be down with that. And if he's not a fucking loser, he would probably be down with that too. Yeah. And I, everyone's always looking to make new friends, especially when you first go to college. Yeah, when you're a freshman in college, it's so hard to make new friends. Yeah. Especially if you're kind of awkward to begin with. Exactly. And I feel like that if he's awkward too if he's got a Harry Potter on his Tinder Harry Potter quote then you know he's a little bit awkward <laughs> <laughs> or if he rec- he recognized her Harry Potter quote oh so her he, Harry Potter so quote. yeah and and that's and that tells you even more about him because if he wrote it on him it's if he wrote it on his own wall that means it was something that he remembered but he just saw your wall and was instantly like oh that's Harry Potter yeah yeah, so he's definitely an awkward man as well. Exactly. So at least you can, I think that you can definitely make a friendship out of this. Yeah. So she goes to the same college, you know, there, there's no reason why to just meet up as long as you put it out there before you guys meet up that you didn't know what the site was about, that you're not looking to fuck, but that you're just looking for somebody to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And if he's down to hang out, you'd love to hang out with him too. Yeah. It's hard with those kind of things because with OkCupid and Tinder, which I think that Tinder is even scarier because it's only based on looks. Yeah. I've watched guys go through the Tinder thing and it's just like, yeah, I'd fuck that one. No, I'd fuck not fuck that one. Yeah, I won't fuck that And at least with OkCupid, there's a profile, like a bigger (laughs) profile that someone filled out. Yeah. And there's a bunch of questions you can answer. I feel that if you're actually looking for a mate and you're going on a dating app, I've heard a lot of good stories of Match.com. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of the ones that you put money towards. Yeah, The ones you pay money for are more helpful in finding someone you would like to date. And, you know, talking about the loneliness as well and meet new people and possibly dudes that you would want to date. It's the same thing, you know, we we tell to everyone who is, uh, you know, a freshman and, and looking to meet new friends, join a club. 
Like that's the bet. That's how I like met my uh, you know a lot of my friends in college. Is like yeah, I joined the college radio station, and that's the people that I hung out with, and people that I'm still friends with uh, to this day. I mean, how my uh, before I moved in with uh, my girlfriend, my roommate for the two and a half years before that was a guy that I met with my sophomore year in college, and we still hang out like once a week. It's like you can make lifelong friends the people you meet in the clubs and college because you already have a common interest. There's not you're not just going up to someone cold. Uh, uh, and saying like, so what kind of music do you listen to? Like you're, you've actually, you've already got common ground. Uh, so you don't have to worry about finding something to talk about. So yeah, find a club, look around your university, see what is around that interests you, uh, and then go join up. Or talk to other people in your classes. I think what's hard to remember too when you're a freshman is that everybody's socially awkward. Yeah. A lot of people have left their friends behind, which is great. You're furthering yourself because also a lot, like there are a good amount of people that go to the college that everyone in their high school went, they all, they all went there. Yeah. That is not growing. Mm-mm. You can meet other people. There's definitely a, it is easier, is an easier transition, but you, are a champion. Yeah. You're fucking doing it for yourself. You're getting out there. You're doing what you want to do. And other people are doing the same thing. There's a lot of people that left their worlds behind. And you can grow from that. And you have to also believe in yourself. And just remember the fact that you're doing this, man. Yeah. And the fact that you went to a college where you didn't know anybody. Yeah, sure, you're socially awkward. But you are confident in ways that you never thought. Yeah. That is a completely different kind of confidence that you have within yourself. And just remember that you chose this mm-hmm. and you did it for you. And you should be proud of yourself for doing that because it's easy to go where everybody else goes. And you can find friends. You fucking already made the jump. You went to a place <laughs> where none of them fucking were. You can make you can make friends. Yeah. And just trust other people. And it'll be okay. Absolutely. And, and also, the guy will understand. Yeah, yeah, he'll understand. It'll, it'll be fine. And don't wait. Uh, I, I, I know people who waited until the, they were juniors or seniors uh, to go out and make friends and find people. And before that, they were just kind of lonely for a couple years. And they regretted it. They regretted it completely waiting to go out and meet people while at college. Uh, and hell, you know, fuck, I, I regretted it too because I thought like, fuck, man, we could have been friends for two whole two more years right. if you wouldn't have waited so long. Uh, and some people go their entire college careers without like going out and meet people and making friends. And, you know, and I've talked to those people too and, you know, and they regret it as well. Uh, so you're not going to regret going out and trying to make friends. Uh, you're not going to regret it. Like it's yeah, just, There's no downside to it. It will definitely, you know, I had a bunch of older friends in college, and that's kind of how I learned the way around of siphoning my way through the theater department and finding older friends to show me what's what and what to do. And, yeah, there were definitely awkward nights. There were a lot of nights where I'm just like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. But you learn from that. And then the next time you're in that situation, you're just like... I've fucking been here before. <laughs> I can fucking talk to anybody. And just remember, if you surround yourself by people with like interests, you'll make friends. Yeah, you will. 
It'll be fucking great. We believe in you. We believe in you 100%. Don't use Tinder anymore. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. don't if you're not looking for a fuck, don't use Tinder anymore. Yeah. Exactly. But if you're looking for a fuck, use Tinder. Yeah, so, I mean, that's I mean. the best way to do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I've had many a friend just live like, just look at their phone and go, whoop, see you later. Gotta go fuck. Yeah, gotta go fuck. And it's like, all right, just fucking be sure to stop by that bodega before you go in. God, yeah, man, wrap it up. Oh, yeah. Gotta wrap it up. All right, well, that does it for today's edition of Sex and Other Human Activities. If you have any questions for us or if you want to uh, comment on anything that we've said today, if you think you have advice for anyone that's written in you think would be helpful or if you have any advice for us, write us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com and uh, we'll get to your letter as soon as we possibly can. we got to get to our boy George next week. Uh, <laughs> boy George. <laughs> Which is kind of appropriate. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we'll get to you next week, man. I hope we're not too late on that. Um, but, yeah, just, just uh, sit tight and we'll get to you. Uh, give us an uh, email, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll see you next week. Hell, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you next week.